0: Welcome to Coming Drews. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Timmy and I'm Keenan. Katie is on vacation. Well, me, yeah, from Jim. She's (laughs) actually in the house was supposed to be on vacation. (laughs) So so we we uh, got our amazing friends from the pop adult podcast. Of course, Tim and Keenan are here uh, and we continue our trend of when we have them on and Katie abandons us for doing black and white films. Uh, this one black and white by choice, as opposed to by the time period it was filmed, as we're going to discuss David Fincher's Oscar nominated Netflix original film, Mank. But first, as always, ask the most pressing question of every episode. What is everybody drinking in a film dominated by a raging <laughs> alcoholic?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's probably scotch. We should I should have found some scotch, but I'm having an old fashioned.
0: Love it. Keenan. I
2: am drinking Stable 12 Morning Routine, which is a maple coffee breakfast stout made locally here in Phoenixville.
0: That's a hefty meal. Your, uh, your drink game is always A plus when you come on the show. You always <laughs> have meal. something like intense. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like <laughs> yeah. a meal, a hearty lunch. It is of some also type. 10%. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> that, that should age well as the show goes on. It's
1: using more alcohol than you're using brain cells.
0: uh tim what sort of spike seltzer do you have in store for us tonight
3: uh it's a uh it's a miller latte no i'm kidding i actually uh i I got a proper uh adult beverage uh blue coat gin which is philly gin Mm -hmm. club soda Lime juice, simple syrup. And then the kicker is that I gave it a rim jab of celery, salt, and cumin. Mm -hmm. And you even sprinkle
0: a little bit of that in there. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. That is the first time in weeks we've had a drink made by somebody other than Jim that was made properly on our show. It looks proper color, proper uh, balance, everything. I do want to call out
1: that Blue Coat Gin is one of the best digs in a name like ever. Like, the fact that we took their alcohol and their piece of their country and then we're like, fuck you, redcoats. We're going to make this this gin is now a blue coat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a nice troll job,
1: for yeah, sure. Yeah, they trolled <laughs> but, them. I
2: love it. Tim, isn't that the uh, the drink that, like, won over your, uh, your in-laws? Uh, it was
3: part of the weekend that
2: won over yes. my in-laws. So, like, you know... Oh, no, no. It was when your father-in-law was giving his uh, speech during the the uh your rehearsal dinner it was specifically that drink that he called out that
1: oh, the that's awesome. yes. i don't remember that yes, yes he so- called
2: out the drink specific he's like i remember tim made this delicious <laughs> drink and i knew he's not a bad guy it was something along the lines of that <laughs> long story short
3: uh i dated cat for a long time before we finally got married and uh her parents I don't want to say they didn't like me. I just didn't, I don't know. I think they didn't know what the hell to make of me. Sure. <laughs> um, so there, there was finally like, we did a, a weekend. It was like a long, actually it was a full week uh, down the shore. And uh, they, they like at one point they just kind of looked at me and they're like, well, you're a bartender. You should make drinks for everybody. Yes. And I was like, Okay. Just so what you made, want to
0: do on vacation, yeah. right?
3: <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, I'm away from work. I don't want to work, but fine. I got to impress the crowd. You know, I'm, I'm on display here. Uh, so I made this exact drink and it won over the crowd, I guess. And by the end of the, by end, the end of the trip, I'll never forget being on the beach And everyone was in the water except for Kat's mom and her two sisters. And I just come back from being in the ocean. And I'm just like, you know, drying off. And they're like, uh, uh, Kat's mom actually was like, Tim, uh, my sisters and I were talking while you were swimming. And we've decided that we like you. Well, it go. was like something that stark <laughs> and to the
0: point that I was like, it's been years cool. where we were questioning you. Yeah, we
1: as made it. my my family made Brian be Santa Claus at a ho- ho- holiday party oh, one yeah. time to uh ingratiate <laughs> yes. himself.
0: Yes. <laughs> that is true actually. That that did happen. Uh I am drinking uh um, Then we got married. It, yes. <laughs> Not legally at the time, unfortunately, no, unfortunately. but uh, not I'm, yet. <laughs> I am drinking the Ipswich Ale Brewery Ipswich Route 1A mm. double IPA mm. from a very nice, delicious very nice. local brewery. Uh, all right. Katie is not here. So who better? She would want nobody more than the voice <laughs> she loves. Oh, so much <laughs> yeah. to do the rundown, Tim.
3: All right. Uh, Herman Mankiewicz was an alcoholic, callous, quick quipping prodigal screenwriter who really put his stamp on Hollywood during the great depression. This movie Mank, which is Herman's nickname. Also the movie's name depicts the interesting events that lead to Mank writing the script to one of the best films of
0: all time, citizen King. That's it. There we go. That's the setup. Good work. I love it. Um, and it makes sense, unlike Citizen Kane, because it goes in order and it's not jumping all over the place. Not well, you didn't, that's not and true. You did,
1: and that's no. not true at all. <laughs> no. Did you watch the movie? Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, no, he, he only watched meant, what was supposed. I, to be oh, be. There's a rundown. I meant, I meant Tim's rundown. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, not. The I, I thought about incorporating
3: like the flashbacks, yeah, black no, and no, white, no, but no, I was no. like, that you was know a what? Lot. That might get too confusing just
0: in the rundown. So, yeah, no, I I appreciate it. Uh, All right. It's time for grade of the week Um, on a grading scale of a plus through the horrific Dennis Quaid baseball (laughs) film. The rookie. Uh, How would you grade Mank? Let's start with Keenan. I'm going to go with a. Just a,
2: a, a B, a solid B. Uh, the what's pulling? Well, I'll I'll just start with B, and I guess I'll explain later. All right, or, perfect. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right. So I would <laughs> be Tim. How about you? I'm
3: I'm thinking B plus. Um, part part of I I was thinking A, but I I have to kind of maybe knock it down a little bit. And this is my personal take, but going into this movie, I knew nothing about it. I just knew Gary Oldman was in it. I knew it was black and white. And I knew it was nominated for some awards. And, you know, it wasn't until like, I don't know, halfway through that I realized, oh, this is telling the story of how Citizen Kane was made. Okay. Like, I thought, uh, I, I don't know. I, I just thought this was like kind of doing a once upon a time in Hollywood type de- a deal where it was like romanticizing this time in Hollywood. But no, it w- it was, trying to be a biopic so i think if i had that knowledge going in i would give this a solid a but because i didn't it's a b plus
0: all right jim uh
1: b minus for me
0: all right i wavered kind of like tim actually all day thinking about it i don't think it reached an a minus level for me so i was more in between a B, B plus, but I think I'm probably leaning towards B plus as well. The more I think about it. Though I'm I'm a little troubled because I feel like if I I kind of a desire to watch it again because I'm I just feel like I would get more out of it. But just based on one viewing, I, I did kind of waver if that made it like a a B as opposed to like a B plus for that perspective. But I, now, I like I have a desire to see it again. So maybe we could talk more about that. And that so might be I, some of the issues.
2: I just want to say right now, if I was grading this on cinematography alone, a plus this movie looks phenomenal. Well, let's talk about that, that for that, a second. And, and that's why I was like B for me. That 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 is one of the reasons I was like a B it It looks amazing, and the soundtrack is wonderful. It, it gives you that feel of like of Citizen Kane, even like it, mm-hmm. it has like angles that are that are very reminiscent it's It looks gorgeous, I think.
1: I think it's weird to see black and white in such high definition.: The oh first thing you come in on is that road. It's like a black and white road, and you can see. Like the little macadam stones like in the tar, which you would never be able to see in like an original like film like that, and there's just something a little off about it to me. I don't know it just it just looks too it, it looks too perfect
0: okay, oh, uh, you see I. I, I kind of agree with Keenan. This is where I almost wanted to bring in the pop addled grading system of the thumbs. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. That's, yeah. that's why that's I totally why when agree.
1: I gave the grade. Because I was like, yeah, oh, I thought I the same exact that. thing I started Brian.
0: doing be, the thumbs, be, and I'm like because oh. the A plus of this film, and I've seen like I've seen three of the best picture nominees now, which are also I believe all nominated for best cinematography, and, and that piece of it is A plus thumbs up it's that like some elements of the storytelling where I begin Mm -hmm. like to waver on it. I think the production design is fantastic. I actually think some of the, a lot of the individual performances from an acting perspective are great. This was shot in 8k. So like,
1: okay. Like I, I have a, not a problem with it, but, and this this goes to like the whole reason I'm knocking this movie down, is because I don't think Fincher is the right guy for this movie. Even if it was his idea and the script, whatever, I don't think Fincher was the right choice for this.
0: Hmm. Oh, I and do, I, I want to talk about that like in some more detail. But can we just delve more into like the 8K? Like yeah. 4K so like my problem verse. with it
1: is that like right now on Facebook we've put a gray filter on our you know, our cameras that are, most of them are, you know, high def. That's basically what they did. Like, like I, and and I, I had a huge problem with the audio too, for at least the first like half hour, I had to actually change my audio settings in my, Oh really in Keenan. I don't know if you watch this in 5.1 or higher. I did. I I was having all kinds of issues based on, I just had to switch it to multi-channel in, and just leave really? it because there was like a phasing issue, which could just be my room. But I appreciate the fact that he wanted to make this look and feel like Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. It even had real markers in the corner. Yeah. He had this, his Fincher cigarette burn, right? Remember he taught everyone about it. He had to put it yes. in here. <laughs> he taught everyone about it in Fight club. Yeah. Um, I just, part of me is like it, at a certain point, I could I could it was distracting to me to feel him working and I feel like he was working through like trying to make this feel like Citizen Kane in a way that like didn't flow nat- it didn't it didn't naturally work for Mank's story like it works for for you know Citizen Kane Please, I don't know and and I, I, I thought I, the I, visuals were were Less less a part of that like I did enjoy the way it looked but I do think it's a little it's a little not I don't want to say off putting because that's not the right word I it's a little distracting to see something in black and white but still be able to make out everything in the goddamn room.
3: It's so weird though. Cause like on my end, I appreciated that so much. Like that, mm-hmm. that dinner scene where Gary Oldman shows up fucking wasted and eventually pukes. Yes. That, that was amazing. The the detail of their costumes to be able to yeah. like, yes. you're, you're, you're viewing this movie in black and white. So you know, you're in like, I don't know, 1938 or whatever it is, but to see the ridiculousness of this dinner party in such great detail, just, I, appreciated that so but,
1: much but compare that to like something like the favorite where you have a period piece where film didn't exist or might have existed but it wasn't you know where and it's in color it's in color and imagine the detail you would have seen in that And well, if it well, yes. no, wait wait well but have no, you no, seen the true.
2: have you seen the the restoration of sis and kane have you the no when
1: was the last but time I, that you watched this
2: and like the last oh, time it's i been watched forever it. but was that, in HD and it, it is obviously not as clear as 8K but it I, I guess it wasn't as jarring for me because like seeing Citizen Kane in a better better definition you do see a lot more detail
1: so I, I, I think I would like say that l- was a little I would say the, the visuals of this is, is like my least it, it's just an entryway of talking about like Fincher for me because I think he's okay. the weak link in this movie mm-hmm.
0: I it, it, the interesting thing right
1: no, well, his, his dad, dad wrote
2: it. Yeah. Okay, that's that's
0: the that's the but Fincher. Well, and then the and then place, his, his dad wrote it, but then he no, and I, Eric Roth I don't, went in and
1: I don't technically it. agree because I think so. Fincher is cold, right? Everyone knows that. The, mm-hmm. Him and Nolan struggle with like being able to well, the like connect
0: of characters, right?
1: They yes. struggle with being, and this movie should be the antithesis of Citizen Kane. This is like Mank is someone that is exploding with humanity. Mm-hmm. Yes. And but, but he's he, also kind of a dickhead. While right, he right. Does but, but, but that's and that's completely fine. But, but he is not cold and detached mm. and in a way that like Citizen Kane was. And that's why that, or, what is his name? Randolph.
0: Uh, William, William, yeah, Rand William Randolph, Randolph first, first
1: was and that's why that movie why he wrote it about him in that way like i honestly think this is the service to Mankwitz to tell this to tell his story in the way that he told a story about cuz i don't see the parallel between mank and I, william randolph Hearst. i think there i i
2: see what you're saying i yes. I, I i do see what you're saying because there are Things that like one of the small complaints I I was going to go into as we were talking about the camera angles and and all of and like the cinematography of this is one of the issues I did have is like in Citizen Kane, the reason why everything is shot from a low angle is to make you feel like how powerful Kane makes himself feel like you're supposed to get this feeling that he's a larger than life character, especially since it's being told from the aspect of different other other people telling a story in this we we actually have two larger than life people who are who are the main like antagonists to our protagonist. We have both Mayer and Hearst himself. And every time they're shot, they're just shot as a straight on. And that is something that slightly bothered me. Like we weren't given them. If anything, actually, Mayer was shot down lower and made to look like a low little Worm, which I you mean, the camera from, that was from yes. up on top, and that yeah, was yes.
1: that was, I mean, he was a low little, little worm in this movie. He was, that was but the he's way also he, a he main portrayed.
2: antagonist of well,
1: like, I, like, there I,
2: should be a large,
0: I, I don't know, that's that's what I was, but I think one of the like, one of the issues with if you're trying to mimic it, um, too much and you're trying to mimic the original film and Greg Tolin's cinematography of. Citizen King, which was revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Those things aren't revolutionary, right? Yet. So right. the things that, for example, the low angles, that was so different than what anybody was doing. So I, I appreciated that they didn't overdo it. I, maybe they could have used it in, in some more ways, but that wouldn't have been as interesting. I did love their use. And, and this is where I felt like the 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 clarity of the image did work was the use of deep focus, the ability the clarity of having the foreground, the middle ground, and the background and yeah. the way they did that, mm-hmm. which is an art that I feel is underutilized in a lot of modern filmmaking. Like we've gotten to so many, especially with the indie craze of like rack focusing and you know, all those types of stylistic things. That was good. And I do to like go to the cinematography piece and to bring in the Fincher question that Jim brought in. I do think it's interesting. And the, the favorite analogy you brought up, Jim, is perfect. Part of the reason that the favorite has that that feel to it is it's shot on film because Yargis shoots on film. Mm. Fincher is yeah, perhaps the largest proponent of shooting digital. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think and, and that. Plus- that Uh, Plus the favorite, you know,
3: director, he he shoots with like a ton of natural light.
0: Yeah. So it's what you see is what you get. Yeah. Obscene amounts of it. So I do think that um, that was an issue. And I think one of the other things that made this black and white, besides being shot in AK, feel slightly different is they actually made a choice to shoot the digital film in black and white, which is not what is being done in modern black and white film so when black and white films are filmed in a modern time period they actually film it in color and then in Mm -hmm. post-production change that where that was not what they were doing there and i think that gave a slightly jarring feel to it because it is a legitimate black and white as opposed to playing with some of the color tones which is what a lot of black and whites what we see today are
3: i i want to push back a little bit on jim because i I can agree with what you're saying about Fincher, but I think that's why this works for this movie. Because at the end of this movie, it made me want to go rewatch Citizen Kane. And with all of this perspective now of kind of knowing the story of how this all came about, whereas like you're not really biased to any one character. You're not too warm to... Uh, Gary Oldman, who yes, is exploding with character, but they don't overdo it. So you're not biased to him. You're not biased to Orson Welles. You're not biased to like even, uh, yeah. you know, Mayor and Willie, even though they're kind of built to be the villains in this movie, but it's not right. like too much. So you can well, come Mayor,
1: just, I mean, come on. They show him. No, like, Mayor's totally a they show him totally, stealing, yeah. taking, stealing money from the, sure. the workers yeah. right off the bat. That's bad. But still, like from children, they they made sure that we knew well, he is that a colossal the actors are children. We, Wait, but
3: but can thing. you hear my yeah. point, though, is like now, like, you know, going in cold to Citizen Kane when I did watch it, I was like, I I, I don't know. Like, I just had no idea what, what it was all about. And like now watching Mank's story and, and like all the politics he went through and he was fucking like on right. the wrong like or he was on what i would consider the right side of politics at the time but what hollywood at the times would have said is on the wrong side and that like formed his opinion about so many things and like that is all in citizen kane and like in and, and just That's more true. of an
2: objective view
3: that I is think, true in yeah, this movie, yeah.
1: i totally agree and i think they do a good they do a good job of at least kind of giving you the building blocks of like what drove him to write citizen kane Right. What I'm saying is that because this movie is not Citizen Kane, it's about the guy who was driven to write Citizen Kane. You, you I, I think there's an obligation to represent him in a way that does not put him in parallel to Citizen Kane because he's not, like that's to me. If you film it this way, you tell the story in the same way, you do the audio in the same way. You're trying to say that this guy is the same.
0: Mm. Well, yeah, and that was also one of my big issues and, like, notes I had with this, which is what does this film do for somebody that's never seen Citizen Kane? Like, does it make somebody then want to go see Citizen Kane? Or, I I mean, let's be honest. I don't think Fincher cares. Like, the assumption is if you're watching this, maybe... But I, that's always one of my pet peeves, the, the Kenan thing, you know, that Kenan's like, well, it doesn't have to be what's on the screen. But <laughs> actually, it's that's all that it has to be ultimately. Right. So <laughs> what is the connection to this? And I watched this. Aileen didn't watch this and I'd even ask her to watch it because she hasn't seen Citizen Kane. I'm well, not can't. sure there's I'm not sure there's any interest like the interest to me in a lot of the interest to me in this movie is the background elements of what informed citizen came because I love film. And that's obviously considered one of the greatest films of all time. I
2: think, I think this is made specifically for like cinephiles like that. That's what this movie is made for. But then if you look at a movie like the disaster artist, and that is one that like, if you haven't seen the room afterwards, you're like, I'm curious about this terrible movie. Like I kind of want to see it now because that movie is like more of an introduction and tells more of a story and is it, it's, it's interesting. Like after watching this movie, I was thinking about the disaster artist a lot.
0: I but. was also, I got to back Tim up because it, it, it did make me want to go back and watch citizen Kane again. And I've kind of been, I want to say the last half year or so I've been kind of down on citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I, I don't think it's the greatest movie ever made, honestly. And I've, I've been just kind of in a tailspin from it after my last viewing of it, where I, I've been watching a lot of older movies and I, that I've put ahead of it in my mind. But this kind of made me want to revisit it with a different lens. But it does bring up an interesting point, which is Fincher was given a blank check for this movie. It was basically like Orson Welles, which is interesting, like the parallel, like I felt between Orson Welles and Fincher in this movie. Is that necessarily a good thing? And we were recently on Tim and Keenan show and we talked about this when we did Zack Snyder with the Justice League when no, but in the point of when you're given autonomy, right? And there's no oversight and there's no person coming in, giving you notes and you just can do that. Does that help these people like Fincher or, you know, because I don't this isn't even a top five Fincher film in my mind, and this was all I'm shocked. This is nominated for Best Picture.
1: I'm shocked Mm -hmm. that it's nominated. I mean, there's
0: what else do we have? Like, that's not uh, well, it's a limited year. The great question is, if in a full year of releases, would this have been I an Oscar think, nominated? To be
2: honest, I think with the it would have been a nomination. It's uh, I don't think it is a contender even. Uh, but I I I think with the gimmick of it being shot as beautifully as it is, and and in the style of Citizen, but it Kane, does
1: nothing for film.
2: Oh, I know. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, that 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 gimmick I think is enough to get it nominated in another year. But my
0: point I, is this: Do we I don't like know about this that. fact that that streaming services? are basically allowing yeah. directors to do vanity projects and is that even though they might think that that's good for them right cuz we always hear right like a director wants to be unencumbered by the producer this thing is that necessarily going to help create the best product though
1: it really depends i i don't think yeah. anybody knows the the magic formula of like what makes a great movie like a lot there are great movies where people Having have been given a blank check like Orson Welles was given a blank check, right. and Citizen Kane, which was, has for you know, eighty years or whatever, yeah, Star Wars, and then, then and we did yeah. episode and, one, you and, can and, right, that. and you know, so like all the little happy accidents along the way make the movie. So whether it's whether it's you get to do whatever you want, I'm still sh- I'm sure that when Fincher closed the book and sent this movie to print or whatever they do now. He was like, Well, I'm kind of pissed that I couldn't change that, that, and that after I got in the editing room. Everybody but has the, that.
3: But that's also baked into this movie. Isn't that yeah. at the end when they're talking about, well, that's the magic of Hollywood. They even right. like say those things. And, right. and and that's what I've, you know, I've said to Keenan many times on our podcast where he'll he'll try to like, I don't know, Take a giant dump on whoever. And I'll be like, dude, this is how like not like we live in Hollywood, but it's like this just seems to be the bureaucracy that is Hollywood. Like some guys get blank checks and they make fucking Citizens Kane. Some guys get blank checks and they make Phantom Menace. (laughs) Yeah, Phantom Menace.
0: Yes. All right. Let's start talking about some of the performances in this, because Mm -hmm. even if there's issues with the movie at points, it is chock full of some pretty great performances, I think. Why doesn't
2: Amanda Seyfried get that much work?
0: I, 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 thought I she think she does. Lily I Kane? think. Well, no, I think she does. <laughs> Ke- well, Keenan, I yeah, think she that's I think what I mean. Like she, she had she had some at least one child. So I think she took off some time for that. Okay. But she's been making some really interesting choices. She was in the Twin Peaks revival and was great in that, by the way. I think she's made some better choices in the last few years. She went that route, I think, of being. Remember, she was in that Justin Timberlake one, like the futuristic one. Do you know, like she was going to be in time, in time. And then it was like a couple of bad, like direct to video releases. And then I think she I don't know if she purposely took time or what off or whatever. But she's made some, I think, much better career choices since then. And she is great. She she's might actually, she's going to probably be the one, if any of these thing, uh, the, if this wa- uh, film walks away with any Oscars, it's probably going to be her because she won the golden globe. She's won a lot of the awards already for best supporting actress. I mean, all
1: yeah, she's great, but Gary Oldman is incredible, but, but he's also Gary Oldman. That's right. A, <laughs> and also, a how many of you almost shit themselves when he said he was 44.
0: Oh well, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, okay, like I like, have a on. question: Who looked older, uh, Gary he, Oldman yes. as Mank or Dennis Quaid I thought as a thirty-one-year-old baseball Until he said pitcher.
1: that, I thought Mank was like sixty-five. Yeah. See,
2: I I thought though that was a choice, kind of like um, in Breaking Bad, the the skinny Pete. Like, that, that guy, he's, like, in his 50s or something playing a 20- or 30-year-old, however old yeah, he is. Yeah, but he looked like, like that. Beat like, him he's, down he's that supposed much. to, like, look like that for a reason. I, I, I kind of... That, that's where I was like a little bit more well on this because I was like, th- yes, maybe, and this maybe that is one of the main reasons because they want
0: Gary Oldman because he is well, yes, looking. His- they want Gary Oldman. But also, I think this is one of the problems ultimately that I always have with biopics. Right. Which is I, Jim, I'm with you. I would wished they don't, don't tell me his age. I don't need to know how old he was. We can. And I actually love the line that that Mank uses at the beginning, you know, the quote, you cannot capture a man's entire life in two hours. All you can do is hope to leave the impression of one, like setting up of like, this is going to be a two hour movie. We're going to yeah. leave the impression. So don't throw an age. I don't even like the end end where they go on with him doing the acceptance speech about the yeah. Academy. That's like the whole deal. I, my issue I had with Judas and the Black Messiah, Remember, Jim, it was yeah. like they added the real foot. Like, no, don't take me out of this performance and the thing that clicked with me a little bit with this is I was like a little bit Daniel Day Lewis from There Will Be Blood in this, which is like I I think I thought that movie was good and I appreciated it, but what I really loved about it was the Daniel Day Lewis performance. So I might just rewatch this film again, just be just for Gary Oldman.
3: Don't yeah, don't don't send me on a There Will Be Blood fucking. <laughs> rant or so, like I have so many mixed feelings about that movie anyway, like uh was that footage at the end real footage? No, no,
0: no. They but, I mean, shot like, all like superimposed. Like, no, dare. I, no, I, I, but I think it was based on the real, the, I, I believe yeah. the Orson Welles audio might've actually been the Orson Welles audio. That didn't sound like the actor playing him. No. And sure, I right. thought that guy actually did an okay job with Orson Wells better than some of the performances we've been seeing with guys acting as real life figures yeah. that everybody I don't know. knows. I
1: kind of like the end quote from Mank because I think it's a final like FU mm-hmm. and I thought it was so at the end I'll, I'll, for those who are listening he says um, you know Orson Wells is quoted from Rio de Janeiro saying uh, you know he appreciates the, the award blah 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 and telling Mank to Kiss his hat, I think he says. Kiss his half, his, his half. Hat. Okay, credit half credit, and well, um, yeah,
0: that And then Mank like the says,
1: quote. and then they they're interviewing Mank, and he says, "I'm very happy to accept this award in the manner in which the screenplay was written, which is to say, in the absence of Mister Wells," <laughs> which right. just is on. such a brilliant qu- the quote that I kind of love that they ca- they put it in.
0: That it is was, it was a great line. I also love that it kind of brought to light this idea that happens in Hollywood a ton that I don't think most people recognize about screenwriting, which is how many of the times that you see a play and it's like written by and directed by Orson Welles. And one of the people notorious for this, in particular in Pulp Fiction, was Qu- Quentin Tarantino, which mm-hmm. is like squeezing people out of writing credits so that it can be their name at the end of things. And like Mank, 30 percent, I looked this up, 30 percent of his, his career was uncredited screenplays that he wrote a lot and touched up a lot. And there's a lot of people in Hollywood that do this. Chris McQuarrie actually for years, people say, well, how do you go from writing unusual suspects and then nobody saw him forever? And they're like, what, did you just disappear? He's like, you don't have any idea how many movies I actually wrote that just like Mank, you're not allowed to be given credit for. And this idea that Orson Welles does this and all these other people do this yeah. as well. Yeah. And it, and it's just like intriguing like to me that that gets played out and people don't understand that even the screenplay for this film says by um, Jack Fincher, David Fincher's dad, which he wrote the majority of it. But then. David Fincher and Eric Roth, who writes a thousand screenplays as well, actually came in and did it. Uh, so I just left a little trade craft nugget they throw in there. And that Wells was like, no, I'm going to take credit for all this. Like the, the I'm not a huge Orson Wells guy. I think he's gonna...
3: Well, I mean, hell, like I, I back when I had a uh, movie pass uh, subscription, when that was a thing, I was seeing movies that I just, wouldn't normally see uh one of which was colette in 2018 which stars um keira knightley and it's basically how she was a ghostwriter for her husband who was like he he had solid novels out but she was ghostwriting for a lot of like his big name things and I, i think that's just like an overall theme
0: of Writers throughout history is that Mm -hmm. they just don't get the credit. They just don't. You would be shocked, actually, at the number of New York Times bestselling authors who don't actually write their books. James Patterson. Oh, James Patterson Patterson writes like
2: maybe like one percent of all his books.
0: Hmm? Yeah, but there's others too that just yeah don't do that. Um, Let's but let's talk more about Gary Oldman because I mean the guy. Is is to this point where he, he is Gary Oldman, yeah. but it's he can like, no, do it.
1: he's not I, that guy.
0: No, no, no. But I mean, like, you know, it's Gary Oldman. So, you know, it's going to be something awesome. And there's there's right. elements of things he plays, but his ability to like morph into something. This film, to me alone, is worth watching because of the dinner table sequence that we've already brought off, which yep. to me is like the tour de force moment of this film.
1: Agreed.
2: It's it's, uh, it's interesting because you bring this up, and and then you look at the uh, the. Well, I think it was the last time that we were on, this together. We did North by Northwest. <laughs> you want to talk about differences of actors acting drunk? <laughs> like really, <laughs> night in and the day. Fake, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, fake the driving. drunk driving scene. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> yes, that is.
0: uh, uh the jail scene. <laughs> Well, I, but let, let's talk a little bit about that scene, because I thought that there was a lot of really interesting choices within it. And I do think it's the high point of the movie and the cutting back and forth. That's to me when the structure started to pay off a little bit more, because mm-hmm. I did find the structure jarring at points. Yes. And, well, and early
3: on, I would say.
0: Yeah. And even just the back and forth, like I got it again. I felt it was a little too much. Like Jim pointed out earlier, trying to be like Citizen Kane, like shoehorning it in. But it did pay off in this end sequence. But the way they shot it, I, I just want to talk like the cinematography choice, which I thought was really good, which is I think a lot of films would have done this as a steady cam. Like it's because steady cam has become so commonplace now, right? Like the steady cam will follow. And, and they didn't do that. They chose to use three stationary cameras because Fincher said he wanted to make it feel like a merry-go-round feel. And they were able to pull it off in a continuous. They did it in continuous takes, believe it or not, because they said there's no way Gary Ullman can do this monologue acting drunk in this way consistently. Mm. But he hit his marks. So they just rehearsed it and there were marks on the floor and he kept hitting it. So that you never saw the cameras, and they were able to do it. So, like, just again, like the idea of what the filming of that must have been like is kind of crazy.
3: I don't want to spoil our, you know, uh, five questions, but like it is coming up that we're going to talk about Gary Oldman's best roles, and he, in looking through his IMDb, he doesn't have a lot of movies where he is the leading role. This is one of them. Um, right. I will talk about another one eventually, but like, yes, he is fantastic in this movie, but I, I can't like, I know, I know we're on Gary Oldman kick right here and I know you, we want to talk about that dinner scene. I don't know if there's much more to say there, but the, the broad who plays uh, his fucking stenographer or whatever, uh, Lily, <laughs> Lily Collins, Collins, Phil
0: Collins, Collins Phil daughter. Collins daughter. Yeah. I
3: think she was my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. Yes, personally, is like very, I mean, really should And it. she's amazing. Like, and and e- even the the German uh, was Frey- whoever German. who's like his caretaker, like is is fine. You know, she, not fine. I'm sorry, she's great, but she's only in it a little bit, so you don't really like want to yeah. give her too much credit. But man, th- this loved this her. girl who's doing her, you know, dictations I- of things he's saying. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Sorry, I
1: would no. I was just gonna say I loved her as well. But this, to me, is the problem with Fincher and to some extent, like, I feel the same way about Nolan. Is like, there are super emotional interactions between him, her, and then her and him when, when they're talking about, like, her husband and whether he's died in the war and, you know, in, uh, you know... Yeah, fly- the war. Yeah, yeah, the war. The boat. The boat. And and even the, the German woman and her. And Fincher's just kind of like... Eh, watching those scenes. Whereas like when the drunk guy is running around screaming, laying out the plot of citizen Kane, he knows how to film that, right? This, all these emotional moments, Fincher just kind of like in the room, like, okay. And that happened. And there's no connect. There's no emotional connection at all. like, at least for me, like I, he, no, I think he you're doesn't, right. I don't think he knows how to direct people in those moments, which is why I think he was so goddamn perfect for the social network because Mark Z- mm. Zuckerberg can't do Wouldn't that. Do it. Yeah. But that's what no. I'm, that's sort of my, my biggest problem with this movie is that I thought, hold on, hold on. No, no, sorry. You have like, if you, if you compare it to the biopic in the social network, hmm? Zuckerberg has, real issues with emotion and connecting to people. Fincher clearly gets that and films it perfectly. Mank is not that guy. He Everyone fucking loves him for certain reasons and hates him for others. But there is, like, a connection. There is an emotional, like, thing going on that is just not present in this movie for me.
0: Well, I thought... I think that's true because I thought Lily Collins' performance was was great, and even the sequences between them, but it felt out of place in terms of he sits there for like an extra beat or something, and
1: it's like, and and like literally, you can almost hear like Ron Howard, like Arrested Development style, being like, "Well, that happened." (laughs) <laughs> like I don't understand it why he can't
3: and he, why, and he even yeah. puts in those, those moments where he keeps asking uh, Gary Oldman that is keeps asking his wife Sarah why do you love me You know. Yes. and it's yes. like she finally does have an answer at the end which I appreciated but it, it was still like I hear you it's like okay this is happening I don't really feel the emotion but it's there somewhat
1: <laughs> yeah you but there is like an emotional story there to be to be like mine. Yes,
0: that's mm-hmm. th- 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 well. I think to me yeah, that would have been more dis- interesting. Dis- I think he's disinterested, and I do, which think is no crazy because the, the I, yes. climax
1: of this movie is all of that boiling over and at a at a fucking dinner party. And so, like, to not like connect all the dots there in an emotional way—that's what made me write in the in the notes document was Fincher the right director for this. Because I think someone that that does people better and could still have like a playful style of filming, someone like Jorgis or like Gondry or like someone that just gets connections between people
0: Listen, would have been you, better. You wanted the to revive to bring back to life Emil Ardolino to direct <laughs> this film. No, I did not. He has the touch. I do like do him. this type of film, you got the but, but like, yeah. but do you know what? The, that's it. But I do think it. that's such a valid question in the format. Like if you look at the really good Fincher films, Mank, I don't think is necessarily in line with what he does best. And you say that right. Like Zuckerberg interactions are perfect. Or you go to like Fight Club or seven or panic room, right? Like it's
1: <laughs> those very of, fucking cold movies.
0: Yeah. And that I, I, I don't know. I'm torn because I do think he elicits. Per, that's kind I, of I, was about to say, I was about to say
1: gone girl. I mean, but I think I've he, actually he, never seen that one.
0: Oh, it's great. I do think he elicits girl with good performances though. And that's like the interesting thing of it is that that he, that he, I think you're right Jim he he can set up that amazing sequence like the idea of building that end sequence with the dinner scene the elaborate nature of that the interconnected nature of that the fact that he's doing that and when you think of what citizen kane is that's a am- that's amazing mm-hmm. but there's also lulls in this movie that are that are weird at times
1: yeah i just wish i cuz i think to me, the most important part of this movie is sort of like Mank processing all these interpersonal relationships and just losing it over it at a certain point.
3: Did anybody, sorry, no, kind of switching gears it. here, here but uh, did anybody notice that Trent, Trent Reznor was uh, yeah, and Atticus, right, scoring, yeah, they were scoring this. Which like, I, I, I feel like his name is on Hollywood more than people realize. <laughs>
0: well, he did. I mean, he uh, does did everything with Finn, yeah. right? This year. Didn't he do Soul? Oh, yeah. I think they, I yeah. think they did Soul, which I thought I, was I great thought the score, the score well. was great here. And you mm-hmm. usually don't necessarily yeah. uh, gravitate towards score, even, Jim. Yeah. I would say. I also Keenan, don't say that so flippantly,
3: like I should fucking know the Trent and Reznor and David. Yeah, how did Fincher you not know buddies, that? Like,
2: like yeah, I, I mean, they,
0: I mean there are certain there there's Well, certain, Fincher like, is the one who gave him the break, right? Keenan yeah, is it's, Fincher it's, the one who brought him in?
2: It's there's certain people that like it's almost always that they work together, like mm-hmm. Spielberg and Williams. You have uh Burton and Elfman, you have Fincher and Resner, like they, they're Nolan, even with his certain
3: actors that are always in his movies. Oh, right.
2: But I mean, like specifically with like, there are certain directors that unless they really can't, because there's a few Spielberg movies where he wasn't able to get Williams because John Williams was doing something else where they'll use someone else. But for the most part, like a lot of directors, like they, they look at the whole, their feel and their vision can only go with one person that they work with. And mm. it's always going to be that person. So that I, I, that's why I flippantly was just like, yeah, no, he always works with, with Fincher. I wasn't. Trying that's to a good be point, like, though. That you like, know you know, that to the, me the, the tone like a- of the tone of Fincher,
3: sure. Like he probably knows that like Reznor's music like
0: fits his tone. Yes. And, yeah,
1: yeah, I also think Reznor more of a chameleon than Fincher is.
0: Mm-hmm. So like, he, uh, I would agree. He, yes, yeah. I think he Absolutely. can bounce around better. How did you guys feel? And I, I again, this is like a small mm-hmm. thing. One of the criticisms about this was it was stylistically in terms of production design, the production design, by the way, amazing. If you look at the, the mansion and mm-hmm. how much they made it look like the mansion that Orson Welles builds for Citizen yes. Kane, one of the complaints, a lot of the, the, the cinephiles had though, was over choice of aspect ratio, um, which is a complete like nerdy thing they said why didn't you shoot it yeah. jim's already i don't even want to fucking talk about this yeah game. no but no, but i we, think it's we, we had this
2: conversation <laughs> when we talked about zack snyder's full no but sport. i
0: want to bring it up it because it people have been fighting about this people are saying that fincher should have shot it like citizen kane which was like almost in the boxes
1: yeah four, four, four we by three,
0: three right yeah well yeah i mean 137 can one, i can three, i paraphrase
1: three.
2: jim Dude, from from our from our justice league episode of just no one cares. <laughs> on. but
1: I mean, I that's, I I how, think, that's, that's, but that's how I
2: how. And I think when people are complaining, it's kind of like,
1: oh, come what off. does but that add that was, to or take away I, from well, that? That's film. what I did. I yes. didn't think
0: it took anything away. That to me is weird. No. Like, that's just like some weird thing. Like, oh, you <laughs> have to make everything. I thought that this film and I know Jim would would differ slightly because he said it was a little too clear. I thought this film visually from like a just like it stills from it like the composition, that's what I'll give David Fincher. And he's, he's, I think he's a a version in some respects of Kubrick in this respect. We were talking about like Wes Anderson when we did, um, life aquatic last week. And I think Wes Anderson's another person that is really a modern, has a lot of traits of Kubrick, but Fincher's composition of shots, um, is just beautiful. And I think in this one in particular, um, there are just some, some scenes. And I know that's, again, that's, uh, if you, if your preference for film is visuals, then that's one thing, some other elements, but I, I thought that they, they did it in really interesting ways. And the use of practical light I thought in this was well done is, you know, Greg Tolan in Citizen Kane couldn't do that. It was the studio system didn't do practical lights back then, but it it popped.
3: So why is there an argument about aspect ratio for this movie. Well, because it's not really one for
0: Snyder Cut. Is it because there's just like well,
1: no, two different all, groups of people watching the movies? Exactly. Yeah. I, I,
0: exactly. <laughs> no, but, no, I think the, I think the argument ultimately was this. And in both cases, I understand it. people complained about Zack Snyder using the IMAX ratio on HBO Max when it was not going to be on IMAX. But his argument is just the same as Fincher is. Once you start playing with aspect ratio, that changes the blocking and the composition of the shots. So these guys film and, and it's it's like a pet peeve, but I get it. Like when you film something in a certain way, you're filming the visual to be put on a screen right in a way. and they and there's playing around with it because obviously they know we're going to sell the DVD rights and we're going to sell the rights for this, and it's one of the few things I did or phones, Jim's watch it on right. my phone, Fincher. exactly. Oh my but I didn't. Oh. One of the things I I I'm saying this begrudgingly supported Zack Snyder on was his vision for let's say Justice League was this is how I'm going to compose shots, and Fincher said the same thing. His vision for what he was going to do, and he said like. Orson Welles would not have shot in the aspect ratio he had to shoot in for Citizen Kane. If he he also would not have shot in black and setup. white. So go fuck yourself, Fincher. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. I like, like, but I like what I but <laughs> really care. I like bullshit. watching films in black and white. Why? That I, could be a choice. I think I wish. More so films could the aspect black black ratio
1: white. could be a choice, but there's no way. Like, to say that about they're one thing, but then they're do the other is
2: weird. Well, no, no, he they're, no, trying but, to, they're trying
0: to guess no, what the I,
2: director wanted originally.
0: Well, no, yeah. no they could have. No, but I'm just saying, <laughs> that's fine. Listen, I I like watching films in Blackwood. I think it's interesting. It, you don't have to. I, I think you're right, though. Jim Morrison wells would have shot in color if he could have shot in color you as know, well. That, we, we,
3: <clears throat> Jim just brought up his phone to say, like, yeah, they're watching this movie on a phone. That's why they did it in this aspect ratio. And, you know, we all work... In businesses that don't require us to travel, and I'm just thinking about like my brother, for instance, who does travel a lot. And yeah, people watch shit on their tablets and on their phones mm-hmm. a lot. And personally, I would never ever do that. I need to watch it on that TV that's right behind me. Mm-hmm. That
0: that's where I need to watch. It, you need my dark. Movies. You need it dark so you can watch it in the full movie it's going. I prefer dark. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's See, an argument I have with my wife too about like when when she wants, she's like, can we just watch this upstairs? I'm like, I haven't seen it before. So, no, we have to watch it there on certain this TV. Films, there are
0: certain films <laughs> I do that. With some I don't.
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, now that now that I've seen it in, in the experience that I wanted You're to, in, yeah. if I wanted to watch it again on like a plane ride, yeah, I'd pull it up on my phone or my tablet to watch mm-hmm. Mank this time because I've already seen it and I've already experienced it in the best way that I could.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. I would challenge and. I want to know what the actual difference is for some folks because there I, I used to travel a lot for work, and there were times where I watched movies you know with my if you have a high resolution mac top or MacBook or like I had a microsurf Microsoft uh Surface Pro, which is basically a laptop but it, it's in like fourteen forty um so that's maybe where
3: I'll draw the line though, where but I wait. think a laptop is proper.
1: And and I think if a laptop it's like is proper. I, I'm laying in bed and it's like sitting on top of me, it's bigger than the TV that's in the room. Yeah. The yeah. screen wise. And it I have and bigger a bigger than
0: TVs we grew up with. And I have much. a
1: really good set of headphones. So like mm-hmm. you know, I I guess it depends. I, I can totally see if you want to go the full like sound system because that's, that that's that's can't where be I become replicated. A snob. That's, that's which is that's hilarious but,
2: but
0: but I also think it's it's solely a, Roger Deakins tells like a funny story about this. I think it depends like what you want to watch and what your perception mm-hmm. of watching movies. Yeah. So Roger Deakins who's probably the greatest living cinematographer tells a story on his podcast about Denny Villeneuve when they were doing Blade Runner 2049. And Roger Deakins, like basically turns to Denny and he's like, Denny, what are you doing? And he had his iPhone like up to his face. He says, oh, I'm watching uh, I'm watching uh, Thin Red Line. He goes, how can <laughs> you watch Thin Red Line? Like one of the most beautiful movies ever shot on an iPhone. And that's Roger Deakins, yeah. But Roger Deakins just had to acknowledge that, like people consume. And he was saying as a cinematographer, he's like, that's like that conversation began to change even the way he composes things. To, to realize like when he's doing shots, that media is being consumed in so many different ways now see see Jim, and, there
3: was an interesting conversation here. We just needed to know how to phrase it not in Keenan's voice, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's also like that's a question though, how much control does the director have over how we consume their product well, like Keenan, I think the reality job, then to to try and make something no. that's universal. No,
0: no, no, no. I think I think that the, I think that now the reality is all these directors realize that they're going to be in these multiple formats. So I think the ones who have done this now realize this is what the transfer is going to be like on streaming. This right. is what it could be like in a studio. This is going to be what it's like I if I shoot for IMAX. It's like so much better
1: things. than the '80s when we used to have those pan and scan like things. <laughs> oh, I was I was going to make a pan and scan joke like earlier. Oh, pan and scan. About aspect ratio. Yeah. yeah. So I,
3: like, did did you like in my personal experience with that TV right there? It looked good to me.
0: I yeah. thought it looked great. <laughs> this I, is, uh, this and, is, and I
1: should I should clarify. I don't. I'm not saying this did not look amazing. Mm -hmm. I there's just something in the back of my head that's like, this is not real black and white. Right. It feels. (laughs) Yeah. It's crystal.
0: Well, listen, this is one of those movies. It took me longer to watch than I originally thought because I felt I had to watch it on a big screen. I watch a lot of movies on the iPad in bed before I go to sleep. This was one of those ones. I was like, you know what? I need to watch it on a TV. I, I can't do that. So certain movies, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I mean, when I fall to sleep watching, chances are I watch that on the <laughs> iPad all the time. It doesn't matter what. Now you we just got to get
1: Keenan. Now we just got to get Brian on the audio side.
0: The yeah. audio's secondary to me. Uh, we all enjoyed well, this. I that's think that's right. Time for me. Would yeah, everybody, me everybody would recommend checking this out. It's oh, on absolutely. Netflix. Yeah. So pretty much everybody has a Netflix account. So I mean, even even
2: like, I would say like the, by negatives about this are still like somewhat positive. It's still better than most of the movies. I
0: laughed out I've loud in a few parts, podca- too. Oh, the, the humor is underrated. I, I agree, mm-hmm. Jim. I think mm-hmm. there's some pretty funny parts in this. All right. So this gets to our King of the Hill bottom of the barrel question. Uh, we don't know if you've watched these movies, uh, Tim and Keenan. So it might be Jim and I just having to yeah. discuss this. Um, is this movie better than Judas and the Black Messiah? Is it? Well, first of all, it's not worse than The Rookie. It's not. To be abundantly clear, it is not. Worse.
2: I haven't seen the rookie, and I will definitely say I will definitely okay. agree. So it's the not question worse. is, I, I
1: will who, say that who, that it's more believable that Dennis that uh Dennis, Dennis Quaid, Quaid is, is, is the appropriate Mike. age than
0: <laughs> than in May hey, Listen, we just said something positive about the rookie, yeah. so
1: but it is not even close to his... This is this is All right. his, Yeah, go ahead, you guys. So go.
0: who has seen Judas and the Black Messiah? Jim and I, obviously. Anybody else seen it? No, all yeah. right. So this that's
3: that's next on my list. So next so on your list. Off, off of your recommendation, Brian, I already watched Nomadland. I've yes. now watched Mank because, you know, Oscar nominated movies and I know Black black Messiah is nominated for some shit. So yes. that's like next on my list.
0: I'm going to all in. I'm pulling the Tim the Tim this year. I'm watching every Oscar nominated <laughs> best picture film. Jim, how do you feel about this in comparison to Judas and Black Messiah?
1: Uh, uh it's not up there for me. It's not at that at that level. Uh, performances are great. Uh, but I, yeah, I thought there's a more interesting story that wasn't told in this movie.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll go with you too. I, I think I've seen Nomadland. I've seen this now and Judas and Black. So I've seen three. So almost half of best pictures. I would rank this right now third out of those three. And I won't spoil Nomadland where I compare that to Judas and Judas and Black Messiah is really, really good. This, this movie is good. Judas and Black Messiah is, I think, a level above this um, I, in terms I, of overall film.
1: I don't, I want to, It's no spoilers or anything, but I will say that, Tim, I did, when we did Judas and Black Messiah, I said, I hope Scorsese watched that fucking movie.
3: <laughs> Heard. Yeah. I will take that into account when <laughs>
1: yeah. I watch it. Yes.
0: That says a lot. Thank yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> all right. It's time for five questions. Here we go you want answers you want answers i want the truth what makes a man mr lebowski
2: what the fuck is the internet
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Who are> you? <laughs> you i can just picture ben affleck i just imagine ben affleck's face in that moment it's one of my
0: favorite scenes do you know that is the only movie. the only film from that uh view that, that we have it yet yeah. Is, no the only f- film from the bed that we haven't watched is that movie oh yeah we that's all, we've watched all the other movies in that
1: i don't think we're ever doing jane silent bob Straight No, back, i don't but. think we are either all right here
3: gonna, we go i was gonna say that the uh, for the first time and last time in Keenan's life he's drowning in pussy over there
0: so i think that's why he's <laughs> oh been so goddamn quiet the cat won't stop jumping on my lap <laughs> Uh, Sorry, right. go ahead, Brian. Here we go. Uh, Tim and Keenan, five questions. Uh, first question thumbs up or thumbs down question. And Keenan kind of already brought this up a little bit. Uh, how do you feel about movies, about movies, or like making of movies, you know, films that delve into the world of making a movie or a TV show or anything that cover that? Are you guys thumbs up or thumbs down on those types I'm,
2: of movies? I'm thumbs up. I'm thumbs up, especially. The, I, I like the disaster artist. And then, uh, you know, Jay and Silent Bob strikes back <laughs> Phil
1: about does, a movie.
2: Does Argo count? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. We could use Argo. I, I Sarah, think it really
3: depends, but yeah, for the most part. I, I was hemming and hawing on this, but I am ah. thumbs up. It's still, it's because it, like for, for me, for me, like it, it is technically a biopic and I've, I've struggled with the biopic pretty oh, yeah, much oh, ever yeah. since I Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. for me, Mhm. This is this is I don't know. It's somehow different. It's like a step above. It still makes me want to go like read a book about it or rewatch Citizen Kane. Yeah. So I think it does its job in that sense of like telling a proper story. It's not a romanticized or a Hollywooded story about this.
1: Can can I, I just? Ahead. I I don't want to just dis- you know go too far from five questions. But Tim is just made me realize something about biopics that I think we're all been kind of like dealing with. Biopics suck when they try to tell you, like they they show you all these moments of a man or woman's life and try to tell you who that person was. Right, man mm-hmm. comes yeah. right out and says it. The ones that we like have been they show us moments leading up to one goddamn decision that they made, which is way more interesting to me, and mm-hmm. is Great. and can and you can kind of wrap your hands or your head around it in two hours well, to some extent. Like he, this movie yeah. is about him writing Citizen Kane. It's not about his life. It's about one single thing in his life. Yeah. It
3: shows the events leading to that culmination.
1: Right. Of that event. Agreed. Right.
0: I, I second that
1: completely. And Judas and the right. Black Messiah is similar,
0: by the way. It is. It it's is. heard. True. Uh, all right, question two here. Would you guys rather watch Seven or Fight Club? Hmm. Keenan. Seven. Tim? Wow. <sighs> Seven's so
3: like dirty and it's so, gross. It's so hard. It is, but I, for me,
2: Fight Club, it's just... <sighs> it's bro
1: Keenan, hang on. I, I, yes, I think it, I'm going it's, to it's, agree it's, with you. Like, yeah. Seven
2: is the better movie. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to argue with that, but like, I can watch Fight Club anytime. But I my well actually I was going to go opposite direction. I was going to say basically what what Jim just said. It it's it's been appropriated. It's it it's become bigger than it than it was. It's a good movie, but it's like it's just everywhere and like so many people are like it's my favorite movie of all time because I'm anti-establishment. It's like shut up. <laughs> shut up.
1: Who Jim and I said with? that to you. No, you I that? feel like <laughs> you have <laughs> <laughs> fever dreams and then think that <laughs> reality know. happened.
0: No oh, one said that to well, you. Wow, he's. Have you been watching Disclosure? You read the again? internet too many times, too much, Disclosure and think that people is, actually
1: say uh, out of their uh, mouth Kenan's, what they type uh, on the internet.
0: Adventures.
3: No. Keenan's 39 and he's thinking about this time when he was 25, DJing and fucking Eddie Stone and some <laughs> Eddie fucking. Stone, you, were, out.
0: you were DJing I
2: know. Too. <laughs> I, know. So I know the conversation I, I, you're referencing, but I'm like, it, dude, that's so long ago. I hate it. Play it, play it, is, it is true. And like the, in college, when. The, my one oh, semester dude, of college it was just <laughs> everywhere
0: Jim and I went to college <laughs> with a guy who would get drunk and then go around and hit people in the nuts saying fight club fight, fight club, club fight laughing oh, oh, I so punched awful. him in
1: the stomach one night
0: it was horrible uh, all right. he didn't uh, die question. like you, Dini. No. Uh <laughs> <laughs> question three uh, fill in the blank question Gary Oldman's best film is and I'm eliminating Air Force One from the options I'm just saying that so
2: we're going best film not best role correct
0: uh Cause no, I have no, two no, no, best, I've been, either. I've been going back and forth on this, right? two Yeah, your favorite, your favorite.
2: I would say best role, the one that I, that's still like to the day, I'm like, I can't believe that's him. Is True Romance? Like, oh, yeah, that is so, today. Why that boy, that day? that's him? But maybe
1: not day even White boy movie. Day.
2: My favorite movie is probably. Sure, uh, oh, my you favorite professional. Fifth so Element. So fifth Element. Jesus. Fifth oh. Element. Yeah.
0: Everyone. Hey, Keenan. just uh, this is before the show, but that's on sale on that uh, film video. sale. I told you (laughs) as well. So you might want to hop on that. Tim, how about your favorite Gary Oldman? Finally, full circle. I kind of referenced
3: this earlier, how Gary Oldman isn't the leading guy in a ton of the movies he's in. So like if I'm going to go on like strictly like a Gary Oldman movie and his best performance, it has to be Darkest Hour. Like he, he as Churchill is fucking amazing that movie isn't so amazing um but if i'm gonna yeah say my favorite gary o- or movie that gary oldman is in it's probably fifth element it's either that or the professional <laughs> so good.
2: like both of those roles are just fucking fantastic it's the, can we do the, the, the other part together of soon the, the professional of though kind of makes me iffy on that movie that's 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 the part that's like makes me like oh the what the, part i'm sorry Keenan. the romance oh right yeah, that's that's the weird part that I'm just like, oh, it really takes away from how good that movie is, because it's like,
3: yeah, it's on purpose. It's supposed to make you feel cringed, cringy and whatever. Anyway, continue. OK, uh,
0: all right. Favorite question. Who's your favorite screenwriter? If you have one. James Gunn. Mm. Mm. Good choice. Good choice. For me, I think it's obvious
3: it's it's got to be Kubrick and then by proxy nolan because i just kind of like referenced them in the same breath so many times on this podcast
2: <laughs> well i guess that the question would be well i actually if it's nolan it's either nolan it's the nolans a screenwriter
0: all right do doesn't he write it with his brother sometimes sometimes he doesn't oh okay sometimes uh, he okay. does and he kicks him out He's like, yeah no, 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 no. <laughs> sometimes he goes and writes uh, westworld and his brother goes and makes tenet you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Uh, finally, deep thoughts question. Here you go. If you could go back in time, and all of us are going to answer this, if you could go back in time and be on the set of any film, which film would it be? This might be my favorite deep thoughts question I ever wrote. This is a way. tough one. Man. This was so because tough. this was this is like I feel like this could be a top five. Like what uh, mm-hmm. what movie sets would you want to be on? during filming. So I know this is difficult. So just throw one out there. It doesn't have to be. I couldn't help but like
3: I, I, make, any, make actually- like somewhat of a list for this because just like you said, it, it is more warranted, I think for a top five Yeah. and part of me wanted to say like, any cocaine driven eighties movie like <laughs> Caddyshack? You know, no, no, Cat, shack, or or no, Maximum or a, Overdrive. Maximum Overdrive
2: was on mine because I was like, I would love to just see Do you the. You who wrote that? Of that,
1: King, Stephen, <laughs> no. King, <right>? Stephen King. Stephen <laughs> King.
3: Yeah, it's right, one of right, the right, only. On yes.
1: it's one of the only movies he wrote that he actually wrote the screenplay, and not directed. from a book, not from yeah. a book.
0: He just wrote the screenplay, right? I That's he directed too. That was the one
1: where. Yeah, Emilio Green, Estevez it's, it's, and the Goblin, Green yeah. Goblin, Green Goblin. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, so,
3: you know, that's my joke answer. But my real answer is like basically anything from the the Spielberg Lucas heyday. So it's your Star Wars, Indiana Jones, ET, uh, even like wow, third you know, I encounters of the third kind. Well, I'm I'm encounters. Like, First encounters. You know, close encounters, close encounters. Sorry, where, yeah. But I, I think I I'm such a fucking name brand mark that it'd probably be star wars gimme gimme yeah
0: yeah. it's not a bad choice
2: see what's funny is that i actually was gonna lead in going like oh in typical keenan sense i'm going to do not just one movie but three movies for mine which is any one of the star wars movies and tim's just like any movie directed by spielberg
0: or lucas (laughs) well this will be a new pop this is this will be a top five but yeah
2: for me it's 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 same thing star wars just just I know you get somewhat of the feel, and I did get it when I was down there in in Galaxy's Edge. But to really actually be like on set and be in the Millennium Falcon, it just—I don't think words could describe being on the actual one. Because when you're in when you're in Disney World doing it, it's it's cool, but it's like mm, that for me would be the quintessential. Experience. and now keenan please put away your penis yes
0: <laughs> this is on I just, I just made a chance, list of going? three
1: i just made a okay, list of three go. because um so i'm going with uh and these are all geek just because i want to see the places sorcerer's mm-hmm. stone mm. uh lord of the rings which i i that one spe- that was the first one that came to mind
0: it's like it's be- in new zealand it's in new yeah. zealand it is. The you the terrain my, is uh, the could, terrain. You could stay with my brother in law. None,
1: none of those people were were gigantic at that at that moment. Mm. Um except Kate Blanchett, maybe. Um but not even that big yeah. not like
0: Megastar, big.
1: And then my third one is just like cause it would be fun as hell is aliens.
0: I thought you might do that. Mm-hmm. I thought you might have aliens. S S Great choices. With an S yes, <laughs> with S. Yeah. I, I had two choices either Kubrick's 2001. I was going to say thinking? Yeah. why did I sorry, go ahead. Or Jaws. I wouldn't mm-hmm. no, I would
2: not want to be on set with any with Kubrick at all. No. <laughs> oh, I would. Are we talking about we're on set while they're
0: filming? Yes. I wouldn't want to be near no 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 oh, no. I, I would be on any Kubrick film. Dude, that is like being fucking... next to leonardo da vinci when he's painting the mona lisa unless you're uh uh, shirley duvall (laughs) (laughs) true he would have like got you to
3: fucking go like correct something on set that's what i mean like that's why jaws is the
1: jaws is the opposite everyone on set was treating spielberg like shit yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i think those are the polar opposites um so that's great Uh, does anybody have any recommendations has anybody been listening to something eating something drinking something watching something people have so gym.
2: i've been watching something that probably i'm late on the bandwagon this is going to probably shock everyone that i'm watching uh the last dance fucking loving it mj i finally got around to the oh okay yeah. oh right the You're michael Jordan right year behind <laughs> the thing but, about right. sports ball it's about sports ball and i'm watching it good for you You understand Keena. what's
0: happening <laughs> do you understand no, no what... i really do i, I understand that okay. well, that's a great drop in jim but what do you guys
1: uh i've been playing a new video game outriders it's pretty fun it's uh on all platforms i think except switch so on xbox pc and playstation
3: tim tina turner documentary oh how good is it i gotta watch it it it's fucking fantastic like i can't recommend enough and like you know i'm a tina turner mark because my mom loves her underdome right (laughs) Oh. <laughs> obviously the thunderdome that's why i love her uh no but it I, I just remember my mom like always talking about like how she came from nothing uh her husband beat the fucking shit out of her and i was like i don't know like when she was telling me this i was kind of like too young to understand domestic abuse and then to like i don't know like th- th- this documentary doesn't really pull punches and it really lays it out in a great way uh and then furthermore another She's hbo max the best she is simply the best. Her <laughs> thighs. Wow. We'll they run can...
1: bottom town. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but yeah, another documentary on HBO Max that that's, that's, this isn't really like uplifting, but it's like very interesting is the QAnon documentary. Oh,
0: I want to start watching yeah, that.
3: Actually. That's that's on my list. That's on it's my list. It's just called Q, I think. So no, that's into worth the storm. watching then. Yeah, so we should the watch that. It's yeah, only, nearly. I think, six episodes long, but it's worth watching. It's like, it's bizarre shit, man. And then watch the South
2: Park vaccination special afterwards. (laughs) True.
0: All right. A couple of recommendations for cinephiles. You could subscribe to American Cinematographer, where you can read amazing things about movies like Mank every month. Uh, But also my movie selection uh, for this week is The Third Man, which Orson Welles was in as well, which is perhaps the greatest English film uh, in history. It's on the top of, Usually every list of films made by English filmmakers. Absolutely amazing. It's on the Criterion channel this month with tons of great supplemental stuff. Uh, not only does it have the film, it has a documentary. It has the uh, commentary from Steven in, uh, Soderbergh and Tony Gilroy, which is amazing. Uh, and its if you have not seen it, it is a must watch. I actually think it is better than Citizen King. Mm. Actually a good deal better than Citizen Kane. And I'd also recommend this fantastic book In Search of the Third Man, which I'm currently reading Mm. about the production of the Third Man. So that's it. Where can we find Pop-Addled and what's coming up on the schedule?
3: Well, uh, you know, it's similar to like when you were a kid in the 80s searching for porn. If you like go out into the woods in like a random tree trunk, you'll find (laughs) Pop-Addled.
0: You'll find (laughs) Pop-Addled. I love it. Like Uh, a
1: construction site, like one of the guys left it
0: it there. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Uh, I (laughs) mean, we're on social
2: medias. We're on uh, all all the podcasting apps, Spotify and Google Play, all of those places.
0: Two great episodes recently, of course, Jim and I being on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then a great Kong versus Godzilla episode. What's coming up soon? So, So we have
2: soon, coming up soon, uh, we will be doing a new podcast. collaboration with the guys from Doom Thugs, and the next Ooh. franchise for that is Robocop.
1: So RoboCop. I have not up. watched those movies in... Gotta watch that.
2: Yeah. Since Gotta the 80s. Delve back into that. So we will be talking about shooting penises on that.
3: Oh, <laughs> well, not nice. only that, I think we're gonna... We still have part four of our uh, tabletop RPG, right? Yep. Oh, That'll yeah. Be oh, yeah. Out soon, yes. Which Jim was on.
1: I was on. That's actually... I named another. my character in Outriders Darrow. There you
0: go. <laughs> and he well, does, well, He does the thing. We we'll <laughs> love having you guys on. We'll find something amazing to do next time. Um, but thank you for being here. Thank I you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank it was you. great to have you guys. Uh, and always like, share, review, subscribe to both our shows. Uh, pop adult. Yeah, pop adult. And we will see everyone soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey,
2: yep.